Hello and welcome to Total Random Mama, keeping hashtag mom life real. I am Total Random Mama, aka Tara, and I am the mom to two amazing kiddos, Henry, who is seven, and Miles, who is two. Um, so as I said last week in the episode that I pushed this episode out a week because I felt like what I wanted to talk about last week was relevant in that time. Um, and I'd already had my notes and everything I wanted to talk about this week. And sorry, like, let's just push it off a week. So here we are. Um, we're going to talk about my mental health um, during the pandemic and what it revealed that I have had my entire life. Um, and people who know me <laughs> in real life are going to be like, oh, yeah. Okay, I see it now. Um, so I have I've had anxiety my entire life. Um, my parents knew it. Uh, my doctor knew it. I didn't, and I and I, I don't think they they weren't hiding it from me. Let's be clear, no one was hiding anything from me. And thinking back, yeah, I remember things being mentioned, and I'd be like, oh no, that's not me. I'm fine. Um, it also makes a lot of sense with things that like I look back on my life and I'm like, oh God, yeah, that that's totally what that was. Um, I even remember having a, a couple of panic attacks. Uh, one that comes to mind, my besties will remember the infamous um, mud hens incident um, where I was grabbed by a guy in a bar, um, lifted up and put on this kind of thin platform it was like a hockey rink dance floor and the boards were like where people put their drinks and it was very wide and I he threw me up there and he's like dance and I was like what are you doing and I I my heel got caught and I fell forward and somebody grabbed me caught me before I hit the ground and smacked my face off the dance floor but it caused me like to have this like I thought I was having a heart attack the panic that set in because a somebody random was touching me uh b i almost smacked so it was just this whole ordeal and looking back on it's like that should have been a red flag so some of the um if you don't know some of the symptoms is uncontrollable overthinking one of my besties lanka right now is going oh yeah that's you tara um i have difficulty concentrating all the time if you have a conversation with me even on these podcasts you probably notice I'm like squirrel um <laughs> I do when I get into a episode for example I'd postpartum depression um I've had depression another clinical depression another time in my life um or I don't know if it's called clinical depression I just went through a bout of serious depression another time in my life and there was like this doom. I was literally during my postpartum depression, um, hoarding duct tape. I think I've shared this hoarding duct tape under my bed because I was sure the zombie apocalypse was coming and I needed to protect Henry. Tell me where the logical thought is there. Um, I get very irritable. I, people say say that like I have a short temper and I really don't when I'm irritable it's like 
it's a buildup. And I know it's a buildup. Now I'm aware of it. Before I wasn't. So I have this whole buildup to the point by the end of the day of using up all of my coping mechanisms that had worked up until this point. By like five o'clock, Tara's done. So even if you just ask me to move a paper towel from one room to the other, I'm irritated by it. And like, I, I want to smack people. Um, I have a heightened sense of, sense of alertness, problems with sleeping, changes in appetite. These are all signs of anxiety and I have all of them. Oh, and racing thoughts. I, th- I don't know if I mentioned that, see, squirrel. Um, so yeah. So with COVID, I'd, I had coping mechanisms up there. I am overorganized. When I say I'm overorganized, if you knew me in my real life, I am a scheduler. I am a planner. Everything is planned ahead in advance. I know where I'm going, what I'm doing months sometimes in advance, and it's planned to the T. That was a coping mechanism. Um, lashing out was a coping mechanism to shut whatever was happening down so I can retreat. Um, So yeah, these are things that I used my entire life that stopped working when COVID hit. So um, as I mentioned previously, just going back to work when the world shut down was so, uh, like, I, I don't have the word to describe the feeling that I had um, because I was trying to juggle online learning with my grade one son, oldest son. I had a one-year-old um, who was not walking and and still getting into stuff, um, needed a lot of attention. And I had at the time, I still work for the, the same, I still have the same job, but at the time the job was very stressful, um, not an ideal working situation. Um, and it, it was a lot. So I, I work in social media. That's what I do in marketing. And, um, no one was hired while I was gone. Well, there was somebody hired while I was gone, but it didn't work out. And so my team that I worked with did their very best to maintain um, the program while I was gone while trying to do their full-time jobs. So like that was a lot. Um, it wasn't, it, it was just very hard to come back to see how much work I had to do to bring that program back to where it needed to be. Um, and it was, it was just so much pressure. Um, and there wasn't even enough time to acknowledge the work that the other people had done, which by the way, I don't know if I ever did. So if you guys even listen to this, I don't know if you do. Thank you. Um, for all you did to try and, and keep that program afloat while trying to do your full-time jobs, like kudos to you guys. Um, yeah, so it was it, it was very stressful. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little 
because going back there, like it was just a lot and being away from that team for a year and the dynamics changed and like walking back into that was very difficult. I like, I don't know how other moms felt coming back from that leave, but I felt so far removed from them. And I had changed so much and they had changed. A year is a lot of change. It's a lot of change. So going back was so difficult. Um, and I'm, I'd gotten into such a mom groove while I was off. And I'll admit, I didn't want to go back because I was loving being home with my kids because I also thrive with my kids. Um, I know there's some parents who like, they love their children. Their children are amazing people that they wouldn't change and they love being around, but parenting is hard. I like parenting. I enjoy it. So, um, yeah, that was, that was really difficult. It was, it was a lot of stress. It was a lot of losing sleep. Um, there was a lot going on in the background that my whole team was stressed out. Um, we, we weren't cohesive and lashing out at each other. It was not, we, not because, you know, we didn't like each other. We were just all really stressed out, um, cause there was so much going on. And, you know, that's, it's hard to, to see other people struggle when you're having your own. So to say I was exhausted is an understatement um, because I was trying, I couldn't really work during the day as much as I wanted to because I had the kids here. Um, It was hard. And I know a lot of you felt it. It was hard. Um, There was a lot of anger. There was a lot of tears. There was this heaviness. I wasn't sleeping enough. And when the sleep I was getting was not good, my mind was constantly racing. I felt like I was losing it. And I, the tipping point, I don't even remember why I said, and this would happen often. I would just burst into tears because I didn't know what else to do. Um, and I, I've mentioned before, I don't hide my feelings, but this was a lot for my kids to see. Even my husband was taken aback and he's seen me break down before. And he finally said, like, we need to come up with something. You need to call the doctor. You need to, like, we need to come up with something. So I did call the doctor. We talked about stress leave. It was a real thing for me at that time. But just coming off of mat leave, we couldn't afford it. Not that we were struggling at all. We just, we, we, we never want to be in a position where we don't have an emergency fund because look at what's happening now. So I didn't want me taking a step back from work to further jeopardize our emergency savings. Um, not like not even further jeopardize because we maintained for the year I was gone off work. Um, we just didn't want to go into a hole, especially we didn't, the unknown of COVID. Like we didn't know how long we were going to be in lockdown. We may need that emergency savings. We didn't know if I was going to keep my job. Marketing is, is one of the first to go usually when times get tough at companies. So it was just not a good idea. So I had to push through. And, um, 
the doctor talked about medication um, and coming in. Well, I, we couldn't come in at the time. Sorry. Uh, I talked about medication, but he didn't want. We I had issues with it, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, so yeah, he brought up like maybe there's help. So that's where my parents stepped in and started helping. And things got a little easier and a little bit more manageable as we went into the, the spring, summer. And like in summer, it's, it was almost like a fake light at the end of the tunnel. I thought I was out of it. You know, my work started this voluntary time off. So I was taking Mondays off, which was giving me like a little bit of a break from the stresses of, of work. And I was getting to, to do some sort of mini adventures with my kids, whether it was just walking through the forest or, you know, driving up to Peterborough, which is a, a like a, a nice area in Ontario, um, which is not far from us, to do this dinosaur drive through. Um, and then Henry and I would go have lunch on a patio in a small town uh, called Bob Cajun. If you're a Tragically Hip fan, you know about Bob Cajun. Um, a friend of the family uh, owns a restaurant there. So we, we would go sit on the patio and share French fries. Um, you know, we stayed away from Toronto, um, but we, 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 if summer made it light, my husband was amazing fixing up the backyard to make it cozy for us to like enjoy. Um, you know, we were really, we were good in the summer and, and restrictions had lifted a bit in the summertime because cases went down. So we were able to see, um, family outside of my parents and so my husband's side of the family, which was nice. And, uh, my husband's best friends, our, our, our best friends and, and their son, you know, um, it was great. I didn't get to see my best friend um, at all, either of my best friends um, in the summertime. It was just, it was hard because um, she, she lives so far away and it's a long drive. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good. It, it was good in the summer. And then, you know, I started to get stress again coming to the end of summer. And I think part of that too is my job. Um, what I do for a living with social media, I don't have a chance to step away from all the crap. And things were getting really heated with the American election going on and people, you know, conspiracy theories about COVID and the mask debate and the travel debate. And it's just constantly at you. And there, I can't step away. The average person can put their phone down, can take a social media break. I can't because it's my job. And that started to really mess with me. Um, but I was still holding on because a lot had changed over that false light at the end of the tunnel during the summer. I got an amazing new boss. When I say I am supported at work, my new boss supports me in a way that I haven't been supported in a long, long time. She encourages us. She mentors us. She makes us think and challenges us, but also hears us when we say, I don't think that will work or I, or, 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 you know, that's too much for us to do right now. I haven't felt heard like this in a very long time. She changed the game for me at work. Um, 
Ivan, my husband also, I think he always had respect for what I did. And I think he, but he never really understood it or understood how much was involved and how much thinking I have to do um, to do my job. And so I guess during COVID sitting across the table from each other and him hearing my calls and him, you know, seeing me in action, um, I think gave him a better sense of what I do and why my I get sometimes when he asks me, you know, what should I make the kids? In his mind, he's helping. Um, and really, he's just giving me another task by having to think of what that is. So his parenting and his interactions with me have changed. So it's no longer, what do I make the kids? It's, hey, I'm going to make, you're not, doesn't look like you're making dinner tonight. Totally cool. I'm going to make the kids this. So, you know, our relationship changed. and We have a new level of respect and understanding of each other um, because of COVID. And my Henry, oh God. So my, I, I, I'm not trying to, uh, let me be clear. Miles, I, we don't know who Miles is exactly yet. Um, he's still learning how to talk. Uh, sorry, I'm taking a sip of my coffee. It was necessary. Um, he's just learning how to talk. His personality is just coming into play. Into, it, it's, it's showing, it's revealing itself to us as he works through the toddler stuff. And I think he's going to be a lot like his brother. And he's such an amazing loving kid and I even if he's not like his brother you know he's going to be someone special too I I I believe this about Miles um but Henry also too is a very special child um anybody who's met him says the same thing about him um the empathy that Henry has is is pretty darn amazing and his ability his ability to observe and um, process and comprehend uh, is is pretty amazing for a seven-year-old. Um, and so even Henry, prime example last night, you know, mama, you have a really hard job. So I, <laughs> why don't, why don't we ask dada to make me, peanut, me and Miles peanut butter jelly sandwiches because you've got to work mama and you look like you've had a hard day. So, you know, <laughs> and he just goes on this little cute little, you know, monologue. <laughs> um, and I know he gets some of it from his dad because that's how, how Ivan talks now. <laughs> and it's just so sweet. It warms your heart and it's so supportive. Um, and as always, my parents have are always top notch. And then I have, I have a, a circle, small friend group um, that I will always have a special place in my heart and a couple of people have joined that friend group and one of them um happens to live the next street over and i've created a bubble with her and um having a physical person in front of me has been a godsend you know my 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 core friend group is very spread out right now we live all over ontario um and uh, it's tough. Um, 
you know, we did, we haven't really seen each other. I think I saw, I saw Leica for like two minutes, well, not two minutes, but 20 minutes at Christmas, um, distanced and like, I haven't seen Lisa in a year. Um, Elsa, I haven't seen in forever. Bonnie, I haven't seen since a social distance thing at Christmas. Like a lot of my friends I haven't seen in a very long time. So that's been tough. So having, you know, Kez right there has has really helped, um, especially when the fall hit. So in the fall, I fell hard. Um even with all that support and everything going on, it was getting too much. I had too much. I was doing too much. My being on social media was too much uh, and not being able to step away from it. So I finally went into the doctor and said, I, there's, I got to do something. I can't keep going on like this. Um, I am not managing well, even with everything that has been put in place to support me. I can't. And so that brings up the medication. So um, I used to smoke. I uh, It's not something I'm proud of. Um, you know, it's been eight years, uh, but I had tried to quit a number of times. I smoked. I started smoking when I was 12. I didn't quit till I was 35. Like, do the math on that. That's a long time. Um, I can't tell you how many times I tried to quit. Um, and one of those times I tried to quit, I used Zyban or Champex or whatever it was called. And uh, I got suicidal. I was having suicidal thoughts. I, it, it did not. All those little warnings at the end of the commercial <laughs> um, and one of them being suicidal, yeah, that's how I react to antidepressants. I do not have a great reaction to them, which kind of sucks. Um, and then I was, I was, it was thought to, it was believed that I had um, fibromyalgia, which my mother has, because although nothing was showing up in my blood work, um, I was having they do a test, a pain point test, and it's like 17 pain points. And out of the 17 pain points, I had like 15 or 16. Um, so my doctor said like, you know, let's be better, be safe than sorry. Let's get you on some medication to help with that. And the medication was also uh, used as an antidepressant. Um, and it, <laughs> it caused me to have something called brain zaps that was fun. So when I tried to come off the medication or if I missed a dose out of the blue, it was like somebody was zapping my brain and it was like, it was very painful. It was very uncomfortable. Sometimes it happened in the middle of the night. Like it was crazy to the point that I had to start to wean myself off it. I had to like cut pills. It was horrible. Um, so needless to say me and pharmaceutical medication was not going to work. So we talked about alternative medicines and one of them was CBD. Uh, and I can't tell you how much that has helped or changed my life. Um, I take small doses uh, every day. Uh, I can work, I can function, you know, it's not the same as THC for those of you who are like, oh my God, it's, you know, it just, 
it really helps. I don't, I also feel it too. So like if I miss a dose, I also feel it too. Like, oh, everything's bubbling up again. I can feel it bubbling up and then I take it. And within like 45 minutes, especially if I eat food, uh, everything just comes back down and I'm back to being me. It brings me back to me because right now the world is not allowing me to be me and my coping mechanisms that I was using before are not allowing me to be me. I needed something else. And that is where CBD came in. Um, Also, you know, spirituality. I have been on this journey with an amazing woman, Abby. Check her out, Bella Mambo. Um, She got me to meditate. She got me to do what they call shadow work. Really look at yourself. Like really look at yourself. Um, and see your flaws, see where you're in your own way, see where you sabotage yourself, uh, and work on it, (laughs) you know, um, it's been life-changing working with her and the people that working with her have brought into my life. Um, I call them my mambo crew. Um, you know, I, I was telling someone last night, I can lay on my bedroom floor on a Friday night and do a sound bath meditation for an hour and it's almost like it washes the entire week away. And that is my bliss. <laughs> so um, self-care, whether it be spirituality, whether it be getting your nails done, you know, whatever it is. I had to learn. Abby helped me learn. I needed to take care of me because let's be honest. I said this last week. um, You can't pour from an empty cup. And there's also, you know, what I've learned is being overly positive or overly negative is toxic. It's toxic acknowledge the negative, but try not to dwell on it and move to a positive space. Be positive. Don't ignore the negative thing that's going on. We can't have the world burning around us and be sitting there going, it's fine. It's totally fine. It's great. No worries. Everything's great. No, that's toxic. And also boundaries. I've learned to set up boundaries. I've learned to cut people out of my life if they cross those boundaries and be okay with it, whether it is a blood relative or a friend. If you can't understand where I'm coming from and respect that right now, I need to disappear. It does not mean I don't love you or I don't want to be there for you. It's that I am not in a space where I can. So if you can't respect that, doing for you is harming me, so I need to step away, then maybe you weren't meant to be in my life. So when friends say to me now, I need space, have the space, all the space you need, buddy, you know what? It's all good. You know where I'm at when you're ready. That should be okay. We need to make that okay. Because, you know, I, I had somebody in my life who need, they, they, they were asking of me. And at the time, I was not in a place where I could 
give to them, even though they were going through something horrible and my heart hurt for them. And I, I, I wanted to be there for them. I just wasn't in a place where I could. I was barely hanging on myself. And they were so upset and so angry about it that they decided they cut me to cut me out of their life. And you know what? It's okay because that's what they needed. And it worked out for the best because it was harming me. You don't need that in your life. If you're not able to let your friends have space, are you really friends? If your friendship is based on how much they give to you, even when they can't, are you really friends? So boundaries are important and it is okay to disappear. Just let people know. Sometimes you just need to be on your own. You know, I, from this whole experience, I'm learning, I like being home now. I am not the girl who wants to drive to Toronto, you know, and, and you know, do whatever. I, I'm not that person anymore. I don't know if I ever really was that person. So make it okay. Make it okay to be who you are. Own who you are. You know, I don't know if it's being 43 or if it's just from this that I'm learning that it's okay to just be you. And if people don't like who you are, that's okay too. I am not for everyone. And that's cool. Everyone is not for me. And that's cool too. Everyone doesn't need to be my bestie. We can just be cool. And that's okay. And the other thing out of this that I realize is that if I don't take care of me, like we, we talk about breaking cycles, right? I mean, we all hear about breaking cycles. How can you break a cycle by just talking or teaching? You break cycles by doing. So don't talk about it. Do it. So the question is, am I okay? Yeah. I'm okay. I'm working on it. It's not perfect. It never will be. But I'm a work in progress. And that's okay. And I'm okay now-ish because I'm not hiding and I'm not going to excuse who I am. And I've realized it's okay to ask for help and to take it. So if you're struggling, I hope this helped. Um, I hope that in hearing what I went through, It'll help you open up, open up about what you're going through. Um, it's hard to talk about. I'm just that type of person that I don't hide anything. I don't think I, I shouldn't say I don't hide. I, I, I did hide a lot of myself, I, but I am very open. <laughs> it's weird. 
it's it's I, I'm like I'm trying to figure out how to say this properly. I'm an open book, although some pages have been hidden. Um, and as I get older, I reveal those pages. I think we just need to show who we really are and show our struggles and show our triumphs because I think it helps others who are in the same situation. So with that, I'm going to again sign off and uh, until next week. So uh, as usual, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Total Random Mama, on Facebook, Total Random Mama, and on the website, totalrandommama.com. And until then, and I really mean it, remember, we're in this. <laughs>